When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome everybody to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator, the podcast where we love, live, and work with dogs. Today I have a special guest, Larry Crone, out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Many of you may know Larry for his awesome videos on YouTube or Facebook. He's the owner of Pack Masters in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Larry, uh, I, I really do appreciate this this guy because he's he's very outspoken about what he does. He's passionate. He's just a really great dude, and I'm very happy to have him on the show today. And and welcome, Larry. Welcome, man. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I uh, I stumbled upon you on YouTube, um, and I've seen some of your videos, and I am a huge fan of um, what you're able to um, bring about to the dog training world. Um, I admire your your message, and I, I agree with it, and I preach the same message as well. Um, so really quick, guys, so Larry Crone, that's how you say your last name, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, awesome. Sir. So why don't you just introduce yourself to the people out there that are listening that don't know who you are, and um, we'll go from there. All right. Well, my, my name is Larry Crone, like you just said. I own and operate Packmasters Dog Training in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, I service the Nashville, Tennessee area. I'm just north of Nashville. So my client base is in Kentucky and mostly out of Nashville and, uh, born and raised in Lodi, New Jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a, that's so, a, that's a change of, change of scenery. Huge change of scenery, but I, I, I've been here for a while now and, and, and this is home. My kids were born here awesome. and, uh, you know, this is, this is what I do. I, I, I take these calls and I enjoy these, these podcasts and interviews because if we could talk about dogs, I'll talk to a wall for all I care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I love it. I love that, man. That, that's what I like about you a lot. And I think the information that you provide, um, just kind of seamlessly, just, just talking about dogs, it, it really does uh, help a lot of people because what you what you say makes sense, and I think that that's what matters, especially to pet owners. So um, Bowling Green. So I'm actually I've been to Bowling Green a couple different times. Uh, cool. Half of my family lives in Southern Indiana, and Sweet. Yeah. yeah, man. So I'm uh, I've got some. Um, Bowling Green has a college around there too, I believe. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Western Kentucky yeah. University is right in town. Yeah. Yep my yep. my stepbrother uh, my stepbrother actually went there. He played in the in the band and all that fun stuff. So I'm very familiar with Bowling Green. Um, have you heard of Mount Vernon, Indiana, by any chance? 
I have. Yep. I have. So I've, I've been to Southern Indiana quite a bit, actually. Yeah. So that's where, <laughs> that's where my dad lives, and all of, all of that side of the family. So we we go to I go to Southern Indiana a lot. So um, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it down there. So all right, Larry. So how long how long have you been training dogs? Profe- I've been professionally. training dogs for, for about twenty three years now. Same amount of time. I, I've been a federal agent. I've been doing both about the same amount of time, basically. Oh wow! So ex- explain to me that a little bit. Federal agent. What does that mean? Are you? Uh... Well, I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm still a special agent with Department of Homeland Security. So a lot of people know that. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. Now and I know. So, yeah. So I basically do both full time. The dog thing Damn. started part time, and and you know it's kind of gone crazy over the past several years, and so there is no more part time. You know, um, I have two more years to retire from from the government so once that's up i'll be able to do a lot more you know I, I get calls and emails i mean just just today i had several emails you know people wanting shadow program yeah come spend weekend and, and i hate telling people no and i don't want them to think because because i'm a jerk or i'm not interested if i can help someone i'm always willing to do so but my schedule is just not conventional you mm-hmm. know um and so it could be, you know, if I schedule someone to come down here, just say, spend a weekend with me. Yeah. You never know when something at work with the government today, hey, you have to go, you here go. For, for a few days. And, and so you never want to put anyone in that position, you know. So in two more years, I'll be able to do a lot more workshops, a lot more traveling, a lot more stuff like that, you know. So and Sweet. I can't complain. I'm fortunate to to be able to to do what I love, you know, the, the, yep. the passion lies in the dogs, but I don't have to do it to make a living. I do it because I love it. I'm crazy about this stuff, you know? So yeah. I am blessed there for sure. Yeah. And it shines through too, I think, Larry, cause it's, like I said, um, I, I train dogs professionally in, in upstate New York and, um, I've been traveling quite a bit working with dogs and I'm, I feel the same way. I'm very, very fortunate, very blessed to be able to wake up every day and go to work, quote unquote work and, and do what I love and, and help people with their dogs. Um, well, it's think of it. We get paid to do this. It's, yeah. it's insane. I would do it for free. Yeah. You know? I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have uh, plenty of times, but yep. believe me, be, because to me, it just isn't work. Um, it can get tough. You know, if you're, you know, for many years, I only dealt with really crummy dogs. People mm-hmm. thought that's what I specialized in. And so that's all I got. And uh, that mm-hmm. wasn't the case. That can get old. But when someone brings me a dog and they say, I just want my dog reliable off leash and that's push, fun. Oh, man, that that's just not work to me. That's that's a good time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have to learn from you then I guess because I, I I made the I, I think I make the same mistake is uh, I do a lot of filming for uh, kind of the crummy dogs like you said and some of the behavior modification stuff with dogs who are just yeah. misguided and I think that um, I think that makes for for better um, before and after not only for seeing the dog in one way or one behavior and then switching that out right. and that, that's really pleasant to see but I've been I've teaching dogs sometimes to sit and stay on film and people watching that they're kind of yawning so i got to learn how to how to wean myself off of that because there are a lot of people come in that um you know they're just like hey i you know you don't work with my type of dog my my dog isn't mean my dog doesn't want to bite you well well, you you made a good point there thomas and see for years i used to go to people's homes okay Uh, mostly in the nashville tennessee area and i trained everyone's dogs at home well i was by myself and you know this is before iphones and all that stuff and then I remember they came out with these little flip cameras, and my wife bought me one. She said, hey, take this. See if you could film anything. 
And and I try to, but you know, you have to ask the client, hey, could you yeah. still? And that doesn't work out very well. And no. I'm not big on that. But I did it for one dog, and it was a really human aggressive dog, you know, really crummy dog. And we made a video with that, and that was kind of the best thing I ever did, but kind of the worst thing I ever did because that's what set off one call after another with yeah. really bad dog and i mean they were coming from everywhere from the northeast from washington to california it didn't matter and so for 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 several years that's all i trained and and it led to a little bit of burnout to where i took a whole year off i said i'm done i can't do this anymore you know i'm just just exhausted Mm -hmm. and and so from there i did take a year off and you know it kind of sucked because on the weekends and after work i was away from my wife and kids i was always traveling and, and, and doing things with the dogs. And, and I just said, I don't want to do it anymore. And my wife was like, well, have people come to you. Right. And I said, no one's going to drive over an hour to have me train their dog. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my wife, she's pretty hot, but she's really smart too. And <laughs> I, I haven't had to leave the house since best, best thing I ever did. So Good no you, home demos, no demo dogs, no street marketing, no nothing. I get a phone call. People sign up over the phone and I don't have to leave my house. And so as I, as I speak to you right now, I'm laying in my yard, half naked, laying in the sun, catching <laughs> some rays. I'm envisioning that. Pool. It's, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It, you know, so I can't complain. I'm very, very blessed. Good for you, man. That's, um, so you know, what was the transition, um, when you were like, okay, I have all of these inquiries, people are interested, um, and what was the switch? I mean, besides your wife saying, hey, why don't you just try it from home? I mean, did you just say, look, guys, I'm not going to come to you anymore. You have to come to me. And you were kind of hoping they would say yes. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. No, no. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, for one, my, my wife is really smart. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm joking around, but I'm not joking around. She is. And and she's been in marketing for a long time. She's the vice president of a marketing department now. Wow, cool. And and there was a couple of things that she always preached to me about, you know, you have to raise your prices, you're too cheap, all, all mm-hmm. this stuff, you know. And, you know, she's the one who told me, have people come to you. And the one other thing I listened to her that was a game changer for me, and, and this, this is important for all the young trainers out there, yeah. you know. Um, I used to do – free and home demos like a lot of people did i had the demo dog you know um i I worked for a company for a while that created that stuff i used to rent a table at a trade show i did all that stuff the street marketing i hated it i despised it you know Mm -hmm. and and one day i got a call from a lady and she said i'd like to take on your free and home demo and i was like that's fine i said but i am literally probably four or five months behind people and that was true i really was and she was like how about if i just sign up over the phone right now can you get me in i said well well yeah i can i never did another demo after that never right and so when these people i'm fortunate enough to where i've been doing it long enough now i have a, a pretty good reputation in the industry of as far as especially treating people right and so now I sign up people over the phone. I don't see them. You know, I'm paid before they even get here. They trust and you. Yes, they, they do. And and also, Thomas, if I get a phone call from someone, I can almost always tell I'm not going to connect here. This doesn't I, – I don't think I want to work with this, but I don't have to. And yeah, that is nice. a, 
incredible luxury to have. Mm -hmm. So for all the young trainers out there who are struggling, okay, my first in-home demo was two and a half hours away from where I live. My wife went with me. We drove to the middle of bum effing nowhere, okay? We pull up upon this trailer that was set up on blocks in the mud with a barbed wire fence and trash all around it with this Doberman in the front yard trying to get out to get to us. Aggressively? So, yes, very aggressively. Okay. And so I do my spiel. I speak with the owners, you know, and we talk, and, and, and I wanted to pull away. And my wife was like, no, we're here. Let's just do it. And she had never gone with me to do this before. She had never really even seen me train dogs for, for the most part. Cool. And so after we talked, I started going over to the fence, and I went to open the fence. And the guy was like, whoa, what are you doing? The dog's name was Chopper. I'll never forget him. And, and I was like, well, I'm going to go get the dog. He's like, bro, you can't go in there. That dog will tear you up. I said, no, he'll be fine. He goes, you can't go in there. And, I, and I, I'm pretty good at reading dogs. I mm -hmm. said, I can. So I went in there. I got the dog on a leash, and he was surprised just by that. And then I came out, and I started working the dog. And, you know, within 10 minutes, I had him doing some really cool things. And these people were like, holy crap, this is ridiculous, you know. Yeah. And he's, he's like, hey, my neighbor over there, see that dog? It was a German Shepherd up front. <laughs> he goes, these two want to kill each other. I can't bring him over there. Can you do anything about that? I said, yeah. I took the dog over there. I worked him around the German Shepherd. I got closer and closer. And then we we're hanging out together. And he was like, holy crap, I can't believe this. Now, did I make that sale? Hell no. They had no money. Yeah. They had they had no money. Yep. But on the way home, my wife was like, I can't believe what I just saw you do. Holy I was shit. Like, Why? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, that was unbelievable. I'm yeah. like, well, we just wasted our time. She's like, well, you never waste your time. And it was a good learning experience. Sounds like it. So, yeah. so I have spent a, a ton of time and lost a ton of money by being on the road and making all these mistakes. Mm -hmm. So when I bitch and complain and preach for these younger trainers out there, I do it so they don't make the same mistakes. I've yeah. done it. I've, I've done it all. So when they see me now, they think, wow, this dude's in a great place. That's yeah. where I want to be. Well, I, I didn't start off like this. Mm -hmm. I busted my ass. Believe mm -hmm. me, you know. It's hard work. I did the same thing. I uh, started off just doing dog walking, and I would I would travel an hour for a $20 dog walk. And I was <laughs> Absolutely. Like, what the hell? Yep. And now, yep. now I'm at a point um, you know, where it's just a little bit different where people are traveling to come to me, which is nice. Um, right. but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, and, and just so you know, our, our listeners and people who are following along, they are dog lovers, dog trainers, dog enthusiasts, people who don't know anything and stumbled across, across it when they're half asleep. So right, it's right. really speaking to everybody about, um, you know, not only the dog training side, but also the, the pet side. And Absolutely. I, that's, that's great to know. And then for the people, out there who are working with dogs or wanting to work with dogs, I think for me, and I'm sure that you get this too, um, a lot of people say, hey, you have an awesome life. Larry, you're laying half, half naked in your house, hanging out with your, with your smart wife, you know, training all sorts of dogs. How do I do that? And you're like, right. well, you got to spend about eight years of shit. And then once you get good enough where, you know, you can charge a little bit of money, maybe you'll be successful. And I think right. a lot of people don't understand that you know, if you're good with dogs and you're a great dog trainer, there's there's two other things that have to come into play to be really um, scalable and successful is you have to be able to be really, really great with people. And you also need to be able to, to know how to run a business, which is tough. Yeah. That's half the battle, I think. 
yeah, it's it's very tough. And and the thing is, Thomas, these folks coming up today, you know, these young young guys, young girls, they have the world at their fingertips. They have such an advantage. Yeah. Because so, there's so much information out there to mm-hmm. help them not make all the same mistakes, not have to put in all the hard work. But at the same time, there's a lot of really bad information out there. Correct. And so they have to navigate through everything and figure out, you know. Yeah. Where do I want to fall into place? Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's and it's really really important. Listen, I train police dogs. You know, I've worked with military dogs, um, personal protection. I do all that stuff. A lot of competition dogs, IPO dogs. I do all that. Mm-hmm. But my bread and butter is with pet dogs. That's yeah. what most of dogs fall into, and so many young folks struggle because they don't understand how to work on the working dog side mm-hmm. and the pet dog side. Yes. And I don't understand. I've been preaching this for years. The reason I, when I put out a video, I, my point is always to try to help someone somewhere. And sometimes when you see me working with, with my Luca, my Malinois, whatever, mm-hmm. or other people's working dogs, you know, what I tell people is, I've always been good with pet dogs and fixing problems. I've never had anyone help me. I didn't have a mentor. I was naturally good. It came easy. But once I started hanging around some of the elite working dog people Mm -hmm. and started really paying attention, when I learned that side of it, okay, if you understand the complexity of these very, very serious working dogs, these dogs that will rip your arm off if you make a mistake, okay, Mm -hmm. if you understand that, this pet dog stuff is cake. It's cake. And so when you see me do a private lesson, you know, with a, you know, 70 year old woman with a Rottweiler, the reason I'm so hands off and I put a lot of the work on them is very simple. That dog's going to work for me. It's going to look good. It's going to want to work for me. Mm -hmm. That does not translate giving that dog back to the owner. Mm -hmm. I have to educate that owner how to be, how to think like a handler and a trainer. Mm-hmm. And then when I can provide a little bit of handling skills, a little bit of training skills and have them eliminate the bad things they're doing and replace them with good things, mm-hmm. that's where the results come from. Who who cares if I could make exactly. your dog look good? I should. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm pretty yeah. damn good at what I do. Your dog should look good for me. Mm-hmm. But how can I get your dog to look good for you at all times when I'm not around? Mm-hmm. If you nail that, then you're good to go. You'll never have to work a day in your life. Yeah, so what I what I do, Larry, is I, I, I have I, I agree with that a hundred percent and sometimes how I tell clients is like you said, you get the dog and within ten minutes you, and I and I think um and I'm really happy that you and I have connected because it sounds like um I'm going down the same path that you went down or I'm starting to or something. I, what you have is innate, it's very natural. So your ability to handle animals is is natural and and certain people you know have the ability to be artists um musicians cooks right. mathematicians um uh, athletes you're born with that shit and when you're handling animals not just dogs but horses cows chickens whatever it may be you you have a certain ability that you're born with to be able to do that and it, it, like you said if if I can handle I better be able to I mean you're standing in in my facility or you know you're on, this is what we this is what we do if I can't make your dog look good then there's something wrong and right. I I always put it into perspective of like a musician is the the dog will come in and that's going to be the the violin if you will or anything really and the owner's like hey this this violin sounds like shit it's out of tune i'm breaking strings it's old and then i take it and then play it beautifully 
and I'm looking Absolutely. at the I'm looking at the owner going, hmm, what do you think the issue really is here? And that's right. that's the analogy I use that you just said, which is which is a hundred percent right, and I I love yeah. that. No doubt, no doubt. Now, I with, agree. with the working dogs, I'm going to go back to mm-hmm. that a little bit. And that this is this is this is me personally asking. This is great because I just recently went out and worked with some really high end Mondio ring decoys and working mm-hmm. working dog people, and I, I learned a lot from it. Um, you know, the speaking different languages and things like that, and the French ring. Right. Um, so you you and your experiences working with pet dogs, and then you started because yeah. I dabble in pr- protection. We have a we have a PSA group that comes, but I don't mm-hmm. I'm not involved as much as I maybe would like to because I'm so busy mm-hmm. with the pet stuff. So you're you you think in your experiences that starting to work with the working dogs a little bit more in depth and a little bit more hands on has helped you yeah. in your career with with understanding dogs and pet people. Oh, Lord. Absolutely. But at the same time, my ability with the pet dog problems, Thomas, has transferred over to the working dog world. Okay, Hmm. so so when I first started in the working dog world, no one paid attention to me. I was completely out of their realm. No one cared. Mm -hmm. But when I started showing up with my dog, you know, and they started seeing what I was doing with my dog with no tools, no leash, no collars. You know, it took one person, but it was always incognito. Everything was in secret because with, especially with the IPO clubs, a lot of these clubs, if you go for outside help, if you work with an outside trainer, they kick you out. <laughs> Some yeah. of them are like cults, man. It's crazy. No, yeah, so, definitely. Uh, so, definitely. So the first person came to me with issues they were having on the field. Can you help me with this? I said, yeah, sure. You know, they said, well, you got to do me a favor. You can't really say anything to, because they'll <laughs> kick crazy. me out. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> but I'm like. But your your club knows me like it doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, I won't say nothing. Uh-huh. Well, from that same club, over the next six months, I probably had 11 or 12 people, and they all said the same thing. Hey, you can't tell no one. But they all knew I was training their yeah. dogs. It, it was blown away. And mm-hmm. so once they started seeing results from the issues they were having on the field, then I started working more and getting more and more calls on that side. But, but don't get me wrong. If someone calls me and says, I want to do IPO with my dog, will you help me? I say no. I'm going to send them to someone who's a lot better in experience at that than I am. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Same thing if someone, you know, if someone calls me and, hey, I want to learn how to do scent detection. Do I know how to do it? Can I do it? Yes. But I'm going to send them to Mike Suttle out in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, go to Mike. He's one of the best on the planet. Mm-hmm. Just don't come to me. You know, you want to do IPO, you know, go, go find a really good club. You know, go work with Ivan Balabanov. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 that's who you want to work with. You want to work Especially with the best of yeah. the best in that specific field. Yeah. Okay. If you have problems with your IPO dog, yes, I can fix them. And normally I can fix them very easily, but that's because I understand both sides. And yeah. just like the working dog people, you know, there are some of the greats out there on the working dog side. They do train pet dogs too. And I think a, a lot of it is that's why they're so successful on, on the field. You know, I mean, yeah. listen, they're dogs. They're all the same. They're <laughs> yeah, all the same. Exactly. You know, yeah. so working dogs and pet dogs, they learn the same freaking way, whether it's a, a Malinois or a Bichon Frise, they all learn the same way. It doesn't matter. And yeah. this stuff is not, complicated but we fall for too many gimmicks and methods and techniques forget that bullshit train the freaking dog they all learn the same you know what i mean mm-hmm. proof is in the pudding that's that's absolutely that's what i tell people if, if um so i want to i want to rewind a little bit and talk about um the structure of the politics that you kind of just highlighted and i want to get yeah. i want to get your opinion on that because I, I i don't struggle i shouldn't say i struggle with it but i, I get very frustrated with it um yeah. I, I believe that 
um, I, and I, I think I talked to this uh, with with another guest before. I can't remember who, but um, so it, it's interesting to see that if a and let me let me just let me just back up a little bit. So you were just saying that uh, your IPO club that you know, uh, some of the members had started reaching out to you, and they were basically like, "You mm-hmm. gotta you gotta keep it hush hush because if they know I'm talking to you, I'm gonna get right. kicked out." So do yeah. you think that that's partially because if you're if they're going somewhere else, that means that maybe they're not they're not capable of helping them, and and they feel like now you're an outsider because you're getting better information. Uh, I think it comes down to ego and arrogance. I really do. And mm-hmm. that's not just on the working dog side. That's in the dog industry, period. Right. You know, people have really – they have really big egos, really little wieners. I'm convinced, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I'm really convinced by that. And I hope I didn't, like, lose your audience by saying no. that. I'm just nope. joking. But, but you know, I mean, Jesus Christmas, guys. The end result, everybody wants the same thing. I hope what's best for the dog. Yes. Plain and simple. Yeah. And so, you know, if – if I can't get done what needs to get done and someone else can do, do it better, by all means, go do it. And you'll you know? tell them. Absolutely. And, and just like I said, if someone wants to do agility, I'm not going to take your I'm going to send you to someone who mm-hmm. does that. Someone wants to do frisbee or dock diving. I know people who kick ass at that. Yeah. I'm going to send you to them to do that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and pet dog trainers across the country will, will vouch for this. I send people to other trainers all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't need you driving from Chicago or New York or L.A. And many people want to do that. And I say, listen, here's an outstanding trainer. I'll give them a couple names. Call them. They will take care of you. They, they really will. You don't need to come see me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really phenomenal trainers out there. Mm-hmm. And if someone's treating people right and treating the dogs right and getting the job done, I'm going to recommend them. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's 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 it, and and I can I've run into that situation a couple of different times locally, and I've even said it on on a couple of my YouTube training videos where I, I I'm almost to a point. So what happens what happens um, sometimes with me that what I see not only just in my area, I'm sure you see it too, and and, and everyone else out there that's listening has probably seen it where they're at. Um, if the dog is is, and I don't want to say. And I'm really, really big on this. Uh, like you just said, like your your specialty isn't agility. Your specialty isn't dock diving. Your specialty isn't scent. Could you do it? Maybe, sure. Could you do it? Okay, maybe, sure. But it's not your bread and butter. And right. and so I deal with this a lot. Is is uh, I'm strict. I, I do a lot of behavior work, and it was very natural to me. I wasn't formally trained. I just started working with nasty dogs, and I was a teenager, and I didn't realize that nobody else could do it. You know, at that right. at that age or or whatever. So I just I get really when a dog comes in that's quote unquote aggressive or they've bitten people. I get excited. I get up. I get really. I get to work. I, I'm an investigator when it comes down to that. That's what gets me going. And there's a lot of people within the industry that will take a dog that may be out of their comfort zone, not out of their, how good are you? Not out of their, um, their, their resume, but what they're comfortable with. And like you said, I, I send people all the time that come in for competitive obedience. I'm like, Nope, I'm not your guy. People come in for agility. I'm like, Nope, that's not me. But you bring a dog in that has issues or you're having problems understanding each other. I can do that. But what I've been seeing is, is there's a lot of trainers that will open up a business, call themselves a trainer, get into the industry for three to five years, and then take a, mm-hmm. take a dog in that's outside of their comfort zone. And instead of giving that dog to somebody else or referring somebody because it's potential competition, which I think is bullshit because there's more than enough dogs to go around anywhere yeah, in the world. Absolutely. absolutely. They'll, they'll kill the dog or they will continue to make the family and the dog suffer 
mentally, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, etc. Yep. And it really pisses me off because it goes back down the politics. And that's the that's the type of the world that we live in and and I always tell myself like I'm not a dog trainer because I don't even want to be in, associated with some of the dog trainers that are out there that are really not doing a bad job, but just they're killing dogs because of their ego. Like you said, they yeah. got they got little yeah. wieners and uh, you know great marketing. But when they get a yeah. when they get a dog in that's out out of their comfort zone, and that's the way I like to describe it. I I don't want to tell people I'm better than them or I'm more experienced. Not at all. I'm just more comfortable getting in the ring with a dog that wants to bite me versus the Fido trainer down the road that loves doing puppies and obedience. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and look, there there's some really popular trainers out there that are great marketers, great business people. They are really shitty dog trainers. And right. I've caught a ton of heat for saying things in the past. And I never call anyone out by name. It's not personal. It's not it's that not. I dislike the dog. people or want to hurt them, but they're robbing people of their money and they're killing dogs. Okay. So a lot of these people you see, look how aggressive this dog is. Listen, if you show me a dog with a muzzle that's blowing up and barking at you, and then you show me the after where the dog is plastered to a a place for with his face down, don't tell me (laughs) that you did something good there because I know what you did because Mm -hmm. I've spoken to people, clients, I've spoken to employees Mm -hmm. who are in charge of cleaning up the shit. When you put a mini educator e-collar on 100 and hold the button down for three to five minutes and the dog shits all over itself. And now that, what I just said right there, I will get nasty grams. I promise you because people think I'm full of shit when I, I get at least one client a week. Whose dog has been through something like that. And and these people doing this are extremely popular. Mm -hmm. And that's why they definitely don't like me. You'll never see them comment on my stuff because only the guilty people will be pissed by that. But I don't give a shit because if you're doing that, you're a piece of shit. You're an asshole. That's all there is to it. And Mm -hmm. I don't care if people want to come at me. Hey, it's like that, you know, the manatee says with the T-shirt, come at me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) <laughs> because I show you, I've showed you what I I, I do for years, and yeah. all of it's not pretty, all of it's not fancy. I make tons of mistakes all the time, mm-hmm. but the thing is, I don't bullshit people. Mm-hmm. I don't, and my my whole goal is to help the people and help the dog, and I put my money where my mouth is. So when I get into it with someone, they want to argue. I don't argue anymore. I just say, show me your dogs. I'll show exactly. you mine. Exactly. I'll show you my clients' dogs. You know, my clients are running marathons in Nashville with their dogs off leash. A Mm -hmm. lot of them. Mm -hmm. My clients are biking with their dogs off leash. Mm -hmm. And most of those dogs have never seen a correction from me. And I'm not anti-correction, you know, but I will do whatever's best for the dog. And very rarely do you have to be an asshole with the dog. It's just very rare. You know, it it, it just is. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be like that. And I think uh, we had another trainer, Blake Rodriguez out of uh, New York, Dream Come True Canine, was on the show earlier today. And we were talking about corrections and how it's, how the the public and the human and and the the dog owners or the pet owners are, you know, visualizing corrections as you kicking the dog or throwing something at them, slamming them on a hundred with a mini educator or dog trail, like you said. Yeah, Yeah, but you got to understand, Thomas, there's balanced trainers out there that promote that. I've heard. So, how would regular pet owners or young mm-hmm. trainers, how would they know any different? Mm-hmm. Because here's someone that's very popular, right, in the mm-hmm. industry, and that's what they're promoting. So if someone who's very popular and is very successful is doing that, well, everybody must be doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's taken years. It's starting to catch up now where at least 
the training world is starting to see like, whoa, wait, is these people are full of shit. They're, mm-hmm. They don't, can't train a dog. But unfortunately, the public doesn't see that. Mm-hmm. You charge very high prices. You have a successful business. They think you're doing something good. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's not always the case. Yeah, that's that, not always the case. That's why I try to document, you know, getting into the industry. I, like I said, I was very um, – one of my first podcasts, I, I, I described this. I was very insecure. I was like, man, I love dogs. I don't want to mess them up. I don't want to screw a dog up. I, I, do I know what I'm doing? Yeah, but do I formally know what I'm doing? Not really. Like what do I say? What do I do? And then after about five years of successfully – getting clients really extremely happy and changing lives. I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll start offering these services. And it took me three, I can't remember, it was like three to five years. I can't remember the mark where I was like, all right, I'm going to offer these services. But for many, many years, I didn't even offer, I was just dog walking. I didn't offer right. services because I, I yeah. wasn't, I didn't want to mess anything up. And I think, yeah. I think there's a lot of people just going to the online schooling and getting their certificate, printing it out, putting it on their wall and, they get a dog that's well. I didn't. They're flipping through their notes. They're like, I didn't learn this in school. What the hell do I do? And then they could kill it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of people sell themselves short, and they're just lacking the the confidence, and mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're worthy of charging a certain amount of money, you know. And mm-hmm. and and I see it all the time. And listen, when I first started handing people my my priceless, I used to cringe. <laughs> I felt awful. I was like, this is horrible, uh-huh. you know. And. and uh, it just, it was a very uncomfortable situation. So I get it. I've, I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. um, my wife still calls me the insecure dog trainer. I get a dog at the house. I stress and I'm, I'm bitchy and crabby the first day. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. Uh, so yes. I, I love it. And, and it's either, either my wife or my daughter will be like, here we go again. <laughs> Same old story, you know, but, but yeah. that's just how I'm wired. I stress about getting the dog where it needs to be and making people happy. So mm-hmm. listen, at the end of a board and train program or at the end of private sessions, if I'm not happy where the dog is, you know, I keep the dog. I don't charge for that. Exactly. I don't say, you know, I'm going to keep it as long as I have to, to get it to where I think it needs mm-hmm. to be before I give it to you. And the real work starts. You yeah, know? And, that's and great. That's, and, and I've never been hurt by giving stuff away. Ever, yeah, it doesn't. Know? No, and I, I do the same thing. If if I feel exactly the same thing, Larry, is if I get a dog in that you know I the two week board and train is just not enough, I do the same thing. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to charge you because it it I couldn't make your dog learn faster. I mean, your dog's just a slower dog that just needs a little bit yeah. more time. And I'm and not going to happen. Yeah, it happens yeah. all the time, and I'm not going to charge you for that. And I get into these, but I think that you know going into insecurities, I think that that's what makes people successful on any level. Cooks musicians, artists, whatever it is, they're like, man, what I get myself into? And then they realize, wait a minute, I can do this. Like I can, I I did it. And then you're like, shit, man, why did I doubt myself? But I think that that's what keeps the flame. Yeah. Yeah. Arrogance is a killer, man. You know, if you're not, if you're not humbled or or nervous about something, I I just think Mm -hmm. you're, I think it's time to get out. You know, I I, I really do. You know? Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I, I worked with a, I, I used to still being stuck in the, the rabbit hole of politics and dogs. I, I worked with like a shelter and some of these dogs that were in the shelter and I would do a program where um, basically we call it the no bad dogs um, adoption program where we would take the dogs that's been we take the dog that was there the longest or the closest to being euthanized. And we'd bring it in, and the volunteers would bring it in every week, and I would work with it, and I would show it these things. And then there was a point where the shelter that, you know, we were working with were like, wait, did you just use an e-collar? Did you just use it? And they're like, no, 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 we we don't support that. 
Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. And I completely – it's devastating to me because right. part of me wants to go to battle and be like, do you even know – how many lives yeah. and how many how many people and, and dogs have changed with these tools. Right. But then the other part of me is like, why am I even putting my effort, you know, for the mm-hmm. countless uh, volunteer hour that I'm putting in with these dogs when yeah. people aren't supportive, but then it just comes back to ignorance and education. Right. And things well, like that. I, I, and, and I used to fight that fight, Thomas. I did for a long time. And then after a while, I just stopped and I just I, I just proved it with results exactly uh, not just results but what the dogs look like and so for me the relationship is really important first thing you don't have a relationship with the dog you got nothing mm-hmm. for me it is important that the dog looks good is upbeat and is full of life it's my job to bring out the best in the dog mm-hmm. i don't care what anyone else says that is my job bring out the best in the dog mm-hmm. that's simple you know mm-hmm. so i've been fortunate that a lot of the humane societies and rescues and stuff that used to think that way, I no longer deal with that because they know it doesn't matter what I put on the dog or, or what I use. They know I'm treating the dog right, you know, and, and it took a long time to get there. Don't get me wrong. Listen, I talked to a humane society a few years ago that had you know, a dog that was going to lose its life. And finally, I said, just give me the damn thing. I'll help you with it. You know, I said, why didn't you call me from the start? Because they never would call me unless the mm-hmm. dog was really bad. And they said, well, you just work with famous people and rich people. And I was like, are you out of your mind? (laughs) That is is so not true. Do I work with famous people? Absolutely. Do I work with rich people? Absolutely. But the majority of the people I work with are just regular, everyday dog owners that, Mm -hmm. you know, put up a lot of money that they would rather not, but they have to. Mm -hmm. You know, years ago, I had a busboy that saved up his tips for one full year and paid me in cash for me to help with his pit bull. You know, that I wish I can go back and give him his money back. Yeah. And I would have, if, if that happened today, I would never charge that dude. Mm-hmm. And he was a good dude, the best kind of person to work with. You know, I wasn't where I was at today as far as the business goes. And, and so I, I had to try to make some money training dogs. Mm-hmm. If that was to happen today, you know, there's no way I could take money from that dude. And, and that's the kind of people you want to work with. So exactly. when a client says, all I need to hear. When someone tells me, tell me what to do and I will do it. I know we're good. We're good to go. Bingo. It's, it's going to work. You know, it's it's the greatest thing to hear from a potential client. I you love, know? I, you're absolutely right, Larry. I agree with you 100%. I love it when uh, clients will come in and we'll do like a consultation and some, cl- so that it's 50-50. Some clients come in and I won't even touch the dogs. I don't need to. I'm like, it's not, you know, chances are statistically of all the experiences that I've been working with dogs over the last nine years, I it's not going to be a problem with your dog. And so right. some people will get really upset and they're like, you're not going to look at him. You're not going to touch him. You're not going to take pictures with him. I'm like, no, I don't give a shit about your dog right now because <laughs> right. I, I'm confident that me and your dog will, will work out. Right. But you on the other hand, and then they get very upset um, and things like that. Those are growing pains that I'm, I'm continuing to deal with. But then you get people come in, like you just said, and they're like, I know it's me. I messed this dog up. What do I need to do to make this work? Or what do we need to do as a family to make this work? Those are the type of people, anybody out there listening that's wanting to get your dog trained and and wants to hire a trainer, that's the mindset you want to go in. You go in and say, these are a couple things that I've done wrong. How can I fix it? And I, it, it, it literally makes me cringe when people come in and give me the backstory of their neighbor's dog, their old dog's. 
That's it. <laughs> you're yep. you're like okay, okay, okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go. None of that matters. But no. so I I get it fifty fifty. Um, but you're at a point in your career, Larry, where people it's great because that's why I started doing a lot of filming as well, is because I wanted to just prove to myself when people came in and had this dog at the end of the leash. I'm like, you know what? I got ten videos online with a dog ten times as worse as this. You can see right. it from start to finish on how I did it. Go home, watch yeah. them, then come back and let me know what you think. Absolutely. And listen, people who don't do it, and kudos to anyone who does do it, it's hard to film. It's hard. It changes everything, you know, um, because no matter what you think, you're a little conscious of it. The people definitely are conscious about it. And, and you know, it, it's I do a lot of videos, even with my own dog, with Luca, right? Mm-hmm. I do a That's lot your of videos with him. Yeah. He is 100 times better. He's pretty impressive to most people, what they see. He's 100 times better when we're not filming. Uh, i'm telling you Mm -hmm. as soon as he sees my daughter with the camera he goes berserk he's anxious and stressed out and adrenalized but when it's just me and him and there's no camera he's sharper he's faster he can think more clear it's crazy Mm -hmm. you know it's crazy what it does to him and so if you notice most of the clients that i film are women Mm -hmm. and that's because women the most part don't have egos they don't worry about it. Bingo. They don't stress about it. And they are very good listeners. And most women, they want to do whatever you ask them to do. They're great listeners and they are just sponges. A lot of the dudes, and exactly. I'm going to get a lot of heat from this, but the truth is a lot of dudes don't like to be filmed and they don't want to do it. They don't want to look silly, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and um, I have great relationships with my clients. It's really important. You know, I, I work with great people. But at the same time, I'm very demanding of them, you know, mm-hmm. very. And, and you see that in the, in the videos. I'm super supportive and I'm going to cheer you on. But I'm also going to get on you for everything mm-hmm. because when you hand me a check, I'm not going to just take your money. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you everything I have. And that means I'm going to push you. And when you're not doing what needs to be done, I'm going to get on you. I don't want to just take your money. I want you to be really happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that that's, that's what shines through with your work um, is you're, you're passionate about it. And, um, you know, dealing with dealing with humans is, is, you know, like when people come in and they're like, I know it's not me, it's the dog. That's like you and I going outside and being like somebody saying the sky's blue. You're like, yeah, no shit. Like that's, that's a given that is a hundred percent given. But I, I sometimes deal with the same stuff and I'm still in my twenties and I've been doing this since I was a teenager and I've been doing it professionally for like eight years. So when I had, when I had like got, you know, families coming in, it it sometimes gets uncomfortable because, um, and here's the other thing too is, is animals in general are not politically correct. They do not give a shit, you know, what job you have, how much money you make, whether you're, you're driving a huge truck where that's really loud or you're what they don't care. But when, when people come in and you get macho man, Randy Savage running the show, sometimes they're, they're, they're vulnerable. And then they're like, I'm not going to let this young guy tell me and my family how to do things. And sometimes it does get uncomfortable. And sometimes I do say, Hey, like this isn't going to work unless I don't, I don't get I don't get immediate pushback, but you can just tell where oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, all right, tell the dog to s- just, just ask. I shouldn't say that. Just ask the dog to sit. And then sometimes men will just wham and correct the dog. Sit. Just, just, it's so like primal yeah. for them to be like, right. this is my goddamn family. Don't tell me. And I, I, no, I, I, gotcha. I relate with that too, with the women. They're, they're usually a lot better to work with because they listen. 
Yeah, I've worked with some some. Um, I mean, I've worked with amazing people on both sides. Believe me, but but a lot of the women, man, I, I've worked with some phenomenal ladies. I'm working with several right now. You know that I've been showing films. You know, Libby with the Shepherd, and Casey with the the little mixed breed I just had here, and I mean a lot of lot of women just really do fantastic, and and they they just get it. You know, and, and they want to learn. Beautiful. How do you, Larry, how do you, I mean, with, with your, with your other agent uh, government job and then doing full-time training and filming and all that fun stuff. I mean, how do you start your day? What's your, what's your day like? I want to know how do you do that? I'm usually up by 5 Mm a.m. And if I have a dog here for board and train, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting my dogs out and getting that dog out and then I'm training, you know, I'm doing some training before breakfast, doing a little training before after breakfast you know if i have time during lunch we're doing training and then the real training starts you know when i get home from work so it's very common to see me outside 11 o'clock at night working the dog up and down the street do your your neighbors support your your uh your career oh yeah 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 absolutely it's it's they don't think twice about it anymore you know they they know as a matter of fact they're always i'm always getting calls hey you know can you get me in so and so told me to call you and it's it's always a, a neighbor you know mm-hmm. and it's not like i run a kennel here i take one dog at a time to my home you know i keep it very that dog comes in and is treated like a family pet so there's no crazy atmosphere and barking and you know my house isn't loud it comes in and gets treated just like one of my own dogs stress-free so no dog will ever mind coming here you know ever so that's why a lot of people if i really like the people and the dog's not a problem i tell people you know if you need to go away don't board your dog bring it here he's welcome to stay here and i don't charge for that you know i got I got two coming, you know, within the next couple of weeks that are just going to be staying here. And I just had one that went home this weekend that I wasn't training. I was just watching them because uh, I like the people and, and the dogs are awesome. And so I'd rather have the dog stay with me than go to a, a boarding type place where they always come back a little different, you know. Mm-hmm. That's they're a good dude, Larry. That's great. That's good. Appreciate it. What's um? So what's your go? What's your go to? What's your go-to training tool when you get a dog? Um, and this is this is just uh, interview purposes. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't care either way what you say. Um, what's your go-to tool usually working with with dogs that don't have you know severe issues? Just a dog that's kind of a knucklehead it, out of control. It doesn't matter what the dog is. Every dog is pretty much treated the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll always use a slip lead on a dog that's a flight risk. If they're a big puller when they get here and they'll run away if they get loose, I always make sure they have some kind of slip collar on so they can't slip a flat buckle collar. Mm-hmm. And and normally every dog starts off with a flat buckle collar and a leash. That's it. Every single dog that comes through here gets e-collar trained, 100% of the dogs. And it's not mandatory, so I don't make anyone do it. But in all these years, I've never had anyone say, I don't want to do it. Um, I've had one person who went through some, uh, had a really bad experience with the trainer and with the e-collar and she was adamant, ain't going to happen, ain't mm-hmm. doing it. And I think I wrote about her in my book. And by time, I think it was the second lesson. She's like, okay, let's do it. Because she saw my dogs and she saw clients' dogs and she saw how we did it. It was a different picture. But every single dog gets e-collar trained here. Every dog I train, we train for it to be reliable, off-leash, wherever you're at. That's always the goal. I don't care if there's no problems. I don't care if the dog is a man eater. Now, of course, if the dog is a danger to be off leash, I'm never going to to get, you know, tell people, let your dog off leash in public. We don't do that. Right. But the training is always 
So your dog is can be off leash anywhere. So if you get there, you do whatever you want from there. You know what I mean? Everything mm-hmm. else is easy. I think that's important. So you do. So I do the same thing. I I do customized slip collars just at a, a paracord, um, just to start with you know leash pressure and things like that. So you start off with with slip collar. And then, when you do your training, do you do all uh-huh. of your, all of your training board and train? There's no privates, or how does that work? Yeah, I, I do private. I do privates and board and trains. I just stopped doing privates. Um, I literally just announced I won't be doing any more for a while, and I took it off my website because uh, me and my family and the local humane society has gone on board with us. I, I figured. I talked about this on another podcast recently. It just. Uh, I don't know, something was missing for me. And so we decided what we're going to do is we're going to start finding some kids that maybe need help in, in their lives. Maybe don't have that much. We have an orphanage here in town and, you know, maybe kids that are down in the dumps or, you know, one parent home or, or, or just, you know, behavioral problems, anything. And I'm going to start putting that time that I do the private sessions into working with these kids. And the Humane Society has jumped on board. We're going to be able to use dogs as a Humane Society. Fantastic. So the way I see it is if we're ever going to put the Humane Societies out of business, it has to start with the people who are going to own dogs in the future. And that's the kids. Mm-hmm. We start teaching the children now how to handle dogs, how to train dogs. 5, 10, 15 years down the road, when these kids get dogs, they'll understand how to keep their dog in the home and it won't wind up in the shelter. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we get to work with shelter dogs and put a little training on the shelter dogs. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a win-win for everybody. That's great. So what are you What are you um, now moving forward? So with the kids, you're, you're going to educate them about how to properly handle leash, or I'm sorry, properly handle dogs on the leash and things like that and just give them education. And through that process, it'll also help build their confidence and maybe take them out of the dumps if they're in there. That Absolutely. Listen, these, these dogs do, all animals mm-hmm. in general, do amazing things for kids that are, you know, maybe have, if they have any kind of behavioral issues, maybe some have some um, disabilities, you know, or kids that are just struggling. Animals do incredible things. I see what it does, what the dogs do for kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and they have a really big impact. You know, when I take a kid who's scared to death of dogs and Bruno, my old Rottweiler used to do this a lot. You know, when I give that kid a ball and I start telling him what to tell the dog to do and you see this animal doing it and the dog is engaged with you and you're a little kid, who's it does incredible things. It's amazing. Incredible things. Yeah. It it builds confidence in in the kid, too. They're like, wow, I can I can do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Now you mentioned Larry, you mentioned a book. Explain mm-hmm. to me what what's your book about? It's, I wrote a book about e collar training. Oh and so uh, it's beautiful. been out exactly one year and when I put that book out it was uh I basically expected to sell a couple dozen copies maybe to some former clients mm-hmm. and uh it has not turned out that way. It has done fantastic and now is selling on every continent in the world except wow. Antarctica. Wow. And so I, I wrote it very basic, start to finish. It will help anyone with your e-collar skills, guarantee. And I priced it so anyone can purchase how, it. How much it's, is it? It's like it's like ten, eleven dollars on Amazon. Wow. You know? What's it called? And, uh, everything I believe, everything you need to know about e-collar training. You know, you could just. You're not even not even sure your own book. Well, I think yeah, it's... no. Okay, no. cool. And you can find that on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Absolutely. So people can people can uh, 
I'll look into that as well. That that'll be great. That'll be great information to give to my clients too, as further education. When you're well, that's that's what blows me away, Tom. A lot of trainers now, when they sign up a new client, they get my book, and that blows me away. You know, I mean, it's that, great. That yeah, it's 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 been <laughs> it has done a thousand times better or maybe a hundred thousand times better than I ever expected. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's, that's really exciting. I'm actually going to, yeah, I'm going to order some of those books and I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them out to, I'll, I'll include that into my, my e-collar training because I, I, I'm not a literature type person. I, I mean, I can, I have ideas, but I, I, I can't, I don't know if I could put it together in that structured manner because uh, I'm all over the place. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a dog person. I'm just like, yeah. Just- well, <laughs> listen to me. If my English teachers in New Jersey found out I'm a successful <laughs> author right now, they would not believe you. And so when I wrote this book, Thomas, all I did was take information that I've been giving clients for years and organize it a little bit. And I wrote it so simple but I guess that's what people really like about it. You know, Beautiful. there's a lot of step-by-step stuff in there. There's sections on, on training tips, questions, all the, you know, popular questions I get. I mean, it is basic and simple, but the response has been absolutely ridiculous. It really has. That's awesome, man. I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to order that book and I'm going to start including that into my e-collar stuff. To, thank to, you. Appreciate yeah, of course. it. No, thank you. That's, it's great. People can go home. And a lot of times, just like me, I, I went out and, uh, I went out and trained with a couple of my buddies out West, uh, at Michael Ellis's school. And I, yeah, Michael's I'm, great. I'm just listening to, I, I can't. There's just again, it goes back to you know being an artist, being a cook, being a singer. I can't. I'm sure there's a term for it. I just don't know it, but I'm sure there is. I just when I hear the information, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. But then I clock out, and I'm like, I can't. I need to do. I need to put my hands on something. Somebody needs to show me how to do things. Yeah, I got you. But anyway, I mean, the information, a lot of people learn the opposite. A lot of people are like, I need to sit down and read about it because it needs to set in. And um, that's great. I'm going to start doing that. Um, So you're you're, um, right now you're just taking in board and train dogs. That's all you're doing. Um, That's it. Now, does your government job have anything to do with dogs or no? No, no, not at all. No, I don't. A lot of people think I train dogs for Homeland Security, I don't. Has two be, that would be cool. separate entities. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I one of the first things, you know, I started off my career with the United States Border Patrol in 1996. Wow. And uh, my first journeyman agent that I rode with was a canine handler, and we had a Malinois with us. And that definitely gave me the bug for that side of it. You know, he was an mm-hmm. awesome dog. His name was Rudy. And he's guy's still a good friend of mine. You know? and, and it's funny because I haven't talked to him in years. And he sent me an email a few months ago. He's like, hey, <laughs> send me your book and autograph it for me. I need you. So I'm like, are you? I'm not signing. That's so stupid. You know, that's for famous people. You know, he's like, sign my book. It'll sign it'll my damn book, Larry. I'm like, <laughs> like, that's crazy because that was my first journeyman agent that I was with. And he was a canine. Analyst. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know? Full circle, man. Absolutely, yeah, it's great. It really is. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah, I, I kind of had that, uh, not not the same, but epiphany where um, you know first starting off dog training many years ago, and and now I had a uh, one of the local, not one of the local, one of the um, the the ABC, the Animal Behavioral College, reached out to me and wanted me to be one of their mentor trainers and and help certify the dog trainers. And to me, I was like, man, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, that kind of came full circle for me. That's that's great. Um, Absolutely. cool. So I know you're, you're running, uh, you're running, uh, you don't have a ton of time today. Um, what do you, what do you got going on in the next year? What's your, what's your game plan? It sounds like you got a lot going on. You've kind of been growing gradually and now you're kind of really growing and, and 
taking on a following and what people can find you on YouTube and watch all your stuff. What is your, what is your one year game plan right now? I don't have one. I just going to enjoy life every single day, man. Life is short. You got to enjoy it. You know, I will, uh, I will help every single dog I can that comes my way. Every single dog, you know, um, I, I have to enjoy my wife and kids, enjoy the dogs. You know, if, if there's one thing that when it's all said and done, I would love to be someone that's known to have contributed to help bring the purely positive people closer mm-hmm. to the middle and help bring the, you know, the really overly tough balance trainers closer to the middle and, and to where there is no more separation. You know, everyone sees the benefit of both. And uh, if I could have some kind of positive influence on that when I'm all out of this uh, planet, mm-hmm. I, I'd be really happy. And, and everything I put out, I, I try to keep that in mind. It's, it's very important to me, you know. It's fantastic. That's a good goal to have. I admire that a lot. That's that's really great. So you're just going to keep going with the flow and helping people. I love that, man. That's that's really great. So um, why don't you just tell people where they can find you, websites, YouTube, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I do the Instagram thing. I'm terrible at it, but you can find me on Instagram just under my name. Someone said to me the other day, which Instagram handle? I said, Larry Crone. They said, no, like your Instagram name. I said, Larry Crone. They said, no, like what name do you use? Larry effing Crone. (laughs) So I guess you're supposed to have some weird name. Um, you know, I do a lot on Facebook. Anyone can hit me up on Facebook. I have the YouTube channel and most people don't even know I have a website, but my website's packmasters.com. And that's without the C. Right. That's, that's spelled P-A-K, right. You know, so a lot of the stuff I've written is on in the news section on there, and there's a link to my YouTube channel, and you get. And to be honest, I know nothing about tech stuff, so my daughter does everything for me. She's 12, and so I'm not good about updating my website. I don't, you know, track the SEO if that's the proper term. I know nothing about that stuff. I know how to train dogs. That's it. Good nothing for else. Good you for know? you, man. It, it eliminates a lot of that stress. That's good for you, man. Well, thank you so much for your valuable time, Larry. And if uh, I will be down in, in Indiana and that way, I'll shoot you a text. And if you're free, yeah. I'll swing in and say hi. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, come on down. We'll drink some scotch by the pool. Hell yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you later. You got it, brother. Thanks uh, for having me. Yep, Peace. Bye-bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.